This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. How's everybody this morning? God is good. How do you know God is good? When was the last time you spoke to God? I'm so excited about today's message because if you get it, it'll change your life. We're too touchy-feely sometimes. You know what I mean? And that's why I like this series. Because I'm a man, and man likes steak on the plate, not pie-in-the-sky stuff. we like, give me the meat, give me the real deal. And so I'm excited about this. We've got to get to a place. It's imperative in our Christian relationship that we get to a place where we walk in relationship with God. He's given us the Holy Spirit for a purpose and for a reason. And outside of that context, we end up in a dangerous situation. We have a preconceived idea because of where we've been and what we've been raised in that we have my life and then we have my spirituality. I have my world and my Monday to Saturday and then I have Sunday where everything happens, where I go and then I worship and I pray and all of that stuff happens. I read my Bible in the evening. I read my Bible... I pray in the evenings, but there is a disconnect in some ways with so many people between the idea that my my relationship with God is not an area of my life, but it is my life. In the most fundamental parts, God wants to have a presence and an influence. We think things are not consequential because I'm not healing the sick and raising the dead. But I'm making decisions every day about how I want to live. I'm having influence with people. I'm talking to people. I'm having relationship. What impartation are we making? Well, I don't think about God in that context. Why? Because I'm not raising the dead. He wants to change our mindset so that we have a different disposition to the way that we approach our relationship with him. It should be pragmatic. It should be influential. It should be transformational. Are you here this morning? Say, if you, I'll tell you, I'll give you a clue this morning. If you say amen really loudly, people will think I'm talking to your neighbor, not you. Here we go. Samuel, it's for you. Our concept of God becomes important because our concept gives us a preconception And we approach life and our relationship with God from that preconception. I want to tell you some stuff this morning and I want to hear, I want you to please hear what I'm saying because my intention is not to shock you, but it will dislodge a few bits of thinking and that's healthy. Sometimes what we say is, well, I want more of God. Really what we're saying is, tell me more of what I believe so I'm comfortable. Don't move me to an uncomfortable place. I want to grow, but leave me in my comfort space. If you want to grow and if you want more of God, he's going to take the boundaries of your life and move you to some places where you may not have been. It doesn't mean it's bad. It puts a responsibility on me to go and do some exploration with the Holy Spirit to say, is this truthful and are you inviting me into that? As long as I want to live in the truth that I have currently, I'm never going to grow into anything else. I haven't even started my message. I'm getting there though, I promise. Um... Here is a real kicker. Jesus never came to introduce a religion. He came to introduce the kingdom. We have too many people who have spent too much time in a religious predisposition, so they're trying to be good Christians as opposed to living as kingdom citizens. Here's a shocker. 
It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that Jesus came to introduce a religion called Christianity. It's not in your Bible. Go and find it. It's not there. In fact, he created confusion with his disciples because he was talking about introducing the kingdom. And they thought, great, he's coming here to overthrow the Roman Empire. They were thinking kingdom. They weren't thinking religion. If you speak to Christians today, we think religion. We don't think kingdom. It's different. And our mindset becomes important because our predisposition affects the way that we influence life and and affect our relationship with God. We are not trying to be good Christians. We are living as kingdom citizens. If you're trying to be a good Christian, you are the center of your universe and you're trying really hard to do some Christian stuff. If you're living as a Christian, if you're living as a kingdom citizen, you understand that everything is available to you. And as a citizen of the kingdom, my responsibility is to understand what that is and allow that to inform who I am so that I become a representative. I become an ambassador for the kingdom. If we want to understand what God's plan is for our life and for us as humanity, it's important that we go back to the very beginnings. If you want to know why something's made, go and speak to the person who made it. It's important for us to get back to the architect, the designer, the one who put together the plan and the purposes for why you were created. Why did he introduce humanity? And we spoke last week about the fact that when God made man, he made man of the dust of the earth. He made man in his image And he created him in his image. He made him in his image because he took the dust of the earth and he made him. And what he was saying was, as I am king in the kingdom called heaven, I'm creating man to be my son, to live and my offspring. To live in a domain called earth, but to live from a kingly position. But he never only create, he never only made us, he created us. What it means is that he breathed into us the very spirit of God. What it means is when Adam was created, Adam lived and was made to live on the earth, but he was created to live from heaven. There was no divide between heaven and earth when Adam lived. When Adam lived, sorry, my pants keep falling down because this thing is heavy. Um... When he created Adam, he created Adam to live on the earth. And Adam was living on the earth. But because he had the life of God on the inside of him, because he had the Holy Spirit on the inside of him, he was in constant communication. He was in constant relationship with God. And there was this interaction on an ongoing basis. And he was getting his cues from God. He was getting understanding from God. He was being introduced to the will of God on an ongoing basis. And God put him at a place where God was saying to him, I'm giving you the design so that you can influence. I'm giving you the design so that you can live as a kingdom citizen on earth. There was no divide between heaven and earth. The challenge with it is, ever since Adam fell, we lost access to heaven. And so we've become comfortable living on earth. We're comfortable in the way that we've been made because we haven't known how we were created And the challenge with it is we come back into the kingdom and we still have a divide between heaven and earth. We are comfortable in our humanity. We know how to live. We know how to be conformed to the world around us because we are made of the dust. 
And so I take my cues from what's happening around me. I allow people and I allow society to influence who I am and the definition of who I am. I allow my education to inform what I'm all about. I allow my history and my reputation to be able to give definition to what I'm capable of doing because I've become a conformist. God never called us to be a conformist. When Jesus prayed, what he said is pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What he was saying was, I'm going back to your original design. There should never be a a disconnect between heaven and earth. As a kingdom citizen, what we do is we stay in constant relationship with the king and the kingdom of heaven. And we introduce that to earth. That's our place. There should never be a disconnect between the two. It's a problem because we grow up in a society right at the moment where religion tells you that just hold on because the kingdom of heaven is coming when Jesus comes. And it's a problem because what it does is it it disempowers our Christianity. What it says is you live in your humanity. You live in the way that you were made, not the way you were created. God never called you to do that. Don't wait for heaven to come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus said in in Matthew 4 verse 17, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What he's saying is it's available to you right now. Stop living one-sided. Get back to the way that God decided, designed for us to live. We were made in his image. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. We were created in his image. Let them have dominion. When God spoke those words, let them have dominion, what he was saying was, I am giving you as the creator and the owner of what is down here, I'm giving you authority over that space. That's why God doesn't just do things arbitrarily in the world. He works through people. That's why your role with God becomes important. God has a plan and a purpose for your life because he's going to work through you. What I would propose to you today is this. Sorry, let me just try and move this a little bit. What I would propose to you today is this. Our fulfillment as human beings is grounded and rooted in the way that we were made. Our fulfillment as human beings is a function of of image and dominion. It's a function of relationship and authority. And when we get those together, we feel a sense of fulfillment in who we are. The challenge with it is too many people in this day and age, we don't know who we are. And when we don't know who we are, what we do is we become conformists. So we allow people in our environment, we allow circumstances and situations, we allow the challenges of life to begin to give definition to who we are. We have school systems who sit and say, this is acceptable and that's acceptable, and I really don't know what is or isn't because I'm outside of his design. And so what I'm doing is I allow my environment and my world to give definition to who I am, but I'm incomplete. The invitation is always to go back to your original design, to go back and to discover myself in the way that I was created to be. And outside of that context, I will never realize fulfillment. The reason that I'm in that place where I'm trying to find fulfillment in in destiny is because I feel a sense and I feel on the inside of me an urge to control and to have influence in my world. I try to control my aging process. I don't want to get old. So I go to the gym and I put... 
eye, not eye, face cream on and I do, I do all of these things. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to control my aging process. Yeah. I get educated. Why? Because if I get understanding, it gives me power to have influence. I get finances because finances give me power to have influence. There's something on the inside of us that feels uncomfortable when we're dominated by our situations and our circumstances. There's something on the, unsi- in the, on the inside of us that sits and says, I don't want to be a person who's at the whim and at the influence of even my personal life. The desires that I have, the responses that I have. I'm like, I want to change that stuff. Where did that come from? It came because you were originally designed to live from image and to live from authority. It came out of that space. We only get that when we're able to move back into our original relationship with God. We only get that when we're able to move into a space where we're able to sit and say, you know what, I'm looking for redefinition, Father. I'm wanting you to take me back to my original design and who I am and what I'm supposed to be. And once I move into that place and I understand who I am, I understand what I'm supposed to do. Authority is really important. And authority becomes such an important part of where we are because authority is what gives you power. We've all heard this analogy, but it's an important one. It's like the sheriff. If you're going to become a sheriff, they give you a badge. And you have a sheriff badge. You know what it means? It means that you have the authority of the state behind you. And because you have the authority of the state behind you, it gives you power in situations. The thing with it is nobody says, oh, you want to be an officer? Great, here's a badge for you. What do we do? We say, you want to be an officer? Let's take you to a place because we need to put you in a place where you develop some understanding as to what you have authority over. You don't have the prerogative of just going anywhere you want and doing anything you like just because you have a badge. That's where Christians get into trouble. Foolishness and presumption comes in when I want to run around and do whatever I want to do, but I don't understand what I've been given dominion over. You know what one of the biggest kickers is? You've been given no authority over anybody else. It's not included. He never gave you authority over everybody else. And you wish you had that over your husband. And you wish you had it over your wife. And and your kids. And your boss. Why? Because if I could have influence over them. You don't have that. That's why God introduces us to image and to authority. What he's saying to us is this. It's in the context of relationship with me that you're going to get the understanding as to who you are and what you're all about. It's in the context of relationship with me that I'm going to continue to introduce you to my will and my intentions, my purposes, and my design. And as long as you take what I give you and you follow that, I will endorse it and I will support it with my authority and power. Don't run off and do your own thing. So it becomes really interesting. We become unique because we are people who are in the earth, that we are people who are in the world, but we're not of it. We are people who are living a natural experience, but at the same time, our grounding and our rooting, our influence and our authority and power comes from heaven, not earth. You want to know why you're a peculiar person? It's because you're a heavenly being having an earthly experience. 
That's what makes you different. That's why people look at you and people think, what's so unusual about you? It's because your perspective on life has changed because I'm not seeing it from a natural point of view like everybody else is seeing it. God has introduced me to the mind of Christ. He's done something. So when I look at the situation, I don't see it the way that other people do. I see opportunities. I see that there's a way of escape. I see what God wants to do in those situations where other people don't see kingdom. I'm peculiar and I'm unique because of the fact that I have, am at a place where I've brought together heaven and earth and I'm living in that space. When Adam sinned, what he lost was relationship and authority. And what happened as a result of that is it created a vacuum on the inside of man. And because we have a vacuum on the inside of us, vacuum drives desire. That's why I'm looking to do certain things. That's why I'm looking for connection. That's why man, across the the generations and even to this day across the globe, what are they doing? They're trying to reconnect with a higher being. There is something on the inside of them that says there is something greater to this universe. And if I'm trying to define some kind of meaning, if I'm trying to get some kind of context to life, if I'm trying to understand and reason out why things are the way they are, I can't do it exclusively outside of relationship with him. There's a hunger that's on the inside of man. It's looking to do those things. There's a hunger that's on the inside of man because he's looking for the opportunity to have influence over his world. When it speaks of dominion, dominion is all about having the ability to have influence over your circumstances. Man lost the ability to have influence over his circumstances. When Adam was created, he had on the inside of him, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is really important because the Holy Spirit was what facilitated relationship with God. The Holy Spirit was the one with Adam that introduced him to the will of God, the design of God, God's plans and God's purposes. The Holy Spirit was important in that. When the Holy Spirit spoke to Adam, he spoke... And gave him revelation. I thought about this long and hard. And it was like, so I want to speak to you a little bit about this. And I want to focus on this a little bit. Um, I, I just want to take one step back. Because it's important that we get this. So when God, when God made man, he made him of the dust of the earth. And in, in making him of the dust of the earth, he gave him a soul. Your soul is that part to us that carries reason and understanding. It's that part to us that has an emotional set to it. It is that part that drives and determines our will, our choices. Basically, will and choice is a function of emotion and logic, reason. That doesn't happen arbitrarily. You don't just like scratch your head and go, how did that happen? You don't just do something and think, how did that happen? It doesn't happen. It's a function of our reasoning 
and our emotion. But he didn't finish there. He made man. Man who was made was capable of functioning in the earth. If you look at people today who are not born again and don't have the life of God on the inside of them, they're people who are made in his image. They physically have the ability, they have flesh and blood, and they have a soulish realm. And so they're able to function in the world. The thing is, he didn't only make man, he created man. And the word created in the original Greek speaks about something that never existed before. He never, he never made, he made man of the dust, but when he created him, he breathed his life into man. When he made man, there was a compartment within man that was designed to house the spirit of God. And when he breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living being. What is it saying? It's saying you were, you were made to function in the earth. But when God breathed his life into you, you became a life being. You became a carrier of the very nature of God. You had God's spirit on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit was resident within Adam. This is what's important. So we have a side to us that is of God and spirit, and we have a side to us that is made and for the earth. The side that's made for the earth to function effectively in the earth is the soulish realm. The core of the soulish realm is what we call the heart. It's what affects and influences our thinking and our emotions. The thing about it is, I've got the nature of God sitting here in its compartment, and I have all of this stuff here geared towards functioning effectively in the earth for which it was created. But God created us in such a way that we were supposed to straddle heaven and earth. So I live on earth, but I live out of relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit introduces me to the cool of the evening and life in the garden. What is it about? It's about living in relationship with God. Why? Because on an ongoing basis, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. He is revealing to me the things of God. You know what revelation is? Revelation are ideas that are charged with power. When we communicate, we communicate with ideas. We take an idea and then we use language to be able to effectively communicate it to another person. That's what we do. The Holy Spirit doesn't use language. The Holy Spirit uses ideas that are wrapped, that inherently carry within it power. What he's doing is this. The Holy Spirit is sitting here and he's sitting saying, I need to take the nature of what God is and I need to put it inside of you, my earth dwelling, so that you can live from this space. So when he, com when he communicates through revelation, what he gives us is something that affects the heart of what we are all about. The reason it's different, why revelation is different to simple communication is because communication simply affects the mind. Revelation is like thinking. That's why God says you can get ideas about God, but if all you get is understanding, you get puffed up. You need revelation because revelation brings, carries with it the power of transformation. Revelation is about two things. Renewing the mind. When I get a revelation from the Spirit of God, I suddenly go, wow, I see what God's plan is. I know what his intention is in here. I understand what his purpose is. Yeah. 
When I begin to understand those things, he's giving me a framework and a grid. He's changing my perspective. He's renewing my mind, my thinking. He's changing me so that I can begin to see life from his perspective. I begin to realize what he's about. I understand what he's trying to do. I understand what his plans and purposes are in that place. But he doesn't just affect my mind. He also gives me everything necessary and he imparts to me the substance from the Spirit that begins to inform the things that are hopeful. He's building on the inside of me something which is built from the substance of his world, his nature. He imparts that to me. I'm building up something on the inside of me that doesn't only affect my intellect, but it affects my emotional quotient. What is he doing? He's bringing unity between who I am. So my soul... My thinking and my emotion come into unity. They come into congruence. Not only with themselves, but with the Spirit. This is my intention for you. I get it. I understand it. The problem with so many people is even if somebody tells them to do something, it's like I don't have the confidence to do it. I don't know if I have the ability to do it. I'm really fearful to do it. What happens? There's a disconnect between the invitation and how I feel. What God does and what revelation does, it establishes on the inside of us something of substance that's of him that really affects all of that holistically. It gives us something solid that we can stand on where we can sit and say, I not only see what God's intention is on the inside of it, but I have on the inside of me something that says, take the leap, give it a try, go and do it. Have a look what happens. Revelation is different to information. Revelation will transform your being. It will renew your mind in its entirety. Because when your reason and your emotion link up with God and come into congruence, it's very easy to affect your, th- your actions. The reason that I'm ambivalent very often is because I understand some things, but I'm not established in it. And so it's like, uh, it could be, it couldn't be, maybe it should be, I don't know if it's for me. The Holy Spirit is key to transforming who we are. The Holy Spirit is key to taking the things of the kingdom and introducing them to our lives in a meaningful way so that I'm no longer a person who lives independently of him. I'm no longer a person who's striving to be a good Christian, but what I'm doing is I'm taking the impartation of what he's depositing on the inside of me and allowing it to bring about change and transformation inside of me. That's why life with God is powerful. God can do things in you that counseling or psychologists or medication can't do. Why? Because he touches every aspect of who you are. What he does is he gets down to the very roots of hurts and pains, which transcends just your intellect and I I can remember the experience. But it gets down to the very fundamentals of how that's affected who I am and it informs the way that I live and the decisions that I make and my reservations and my, my dysfunctional behaviors. The Holy Spirit is everything. Outside of him, we can do nothing. That's why Satan's agenda, when he met with Eve, was to sabotage the garden. You see, if I could sabotage the garden and I could remove relationship, what will end up happening is I take away the influence of heaven on earth. 
Relationship is what allows us to take of the things of heaven and introduce them to earth. That's why the Holy Spirit is important. That's why when, when Satan came, the whole agenda and the goal of the temptation was to sit and say, if I can get rid of relationship, you no longer have the ability to have influence in the space. Heaven, heaven's influence in earth will be taken away and compromised. And that's what happened. By taking away the Holy Spirit, what we removed was relationship. And man became simply made for the earth. My set, my, the side that was created and housed, the presence of God was gone. Or the presence was gone. When you talk about relationship, men get a little bit wobbly about it. Because men don't like airy fairy bitsy blah blah, you know. So yeah, I'll give you a hug and that's nice and all the best. And we like to come into church and we shake hands with people. Don't hug me. Rafa hugs everybody, and they're like, I I, I can't go out with Rafa. I tell you, I can't. We had to go to Tractor Supply. Tractor Supply of all places. You know who goes to Tractor Supply? Men who pull apart bears with their bare hands. And Rafa's running around telling everyone, hey, I love you, man. And I'm like, Rafa, don't tell them that. Just they don't get it. Especially not in this day and age, Rafa. Don't tell them that. And Rafa's like, hey, can I give you a hug? And he's like, ooh, no. <laughs> Go, Rafa. The point is this. You know what the thing about it is? The point is this. The reason that I think sometimes we get uncomfortable with the whole idea of relationships is because we think of it in the context of emotion, and emotion gets a little bit nebulous, kind of pie in the sky, kind of. Let me tell you something. This will make men feel good. Relationship with God is rooted in truth. It's not airy fairy. How do I feel? What's game? It's rooted in truth. In some ways. God's perception and, 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 no, not God's perception, but God's expression of truth has been compromised. Because nowadays, everything about truth is about whatever people want to do and how they feel and then, and people are touchy feely. People are want to be, but God is not that. God's expression of love is, it's truth. And he acts as a father and he says, the reason you're going to eat your vegetables and not just candy all day is because you're not going to grow up unhealthy and lose your teeth when you're 18. He does stuff in our lives because he loves us and he's sitting saying, love has an expression. Love is not just indulgent and because he loves me, he'll let me do whatever I want to do. God has an expression. The good thing about God is this. When you get into a relationship with the Holy Spirit, what he's going to begin to do is he's going to take the constitution of the kingdom and what it's all about and he's going to introduce you to it. You can t- Men are rational beings. We're not all that comfortable in things. And that's a good thing. Never feel bad because God created you that way. It's important because God is giving you a foundation to understanding and comprehending what he is. Don't simply live in that space. You can grow beyond that. That's okay. But what I'm saying to you is sometimes, especially with a church like ours, where we're more expressive, people have a tendency to think, well, you know, God's this airy-fairy. Like, I'm not into that stuff. God is about truth. And that affects the fundamentals of your life. Sometimes airy-fairy is not as important as the fundamentals. Because when we start to get the mind of Christ, we make better decisions. 
There's no point making really bad decisions in life and everything in our life is in turmoil and turned upside down, but we come inside and it's like, we just love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You love Jesus and that's a good thing to love Jesus. The thing about it is you've got to let the Holy Spirit have some influence. Relationship is about influence at a practical level. Relationship is about sitting, saying, this is what's happening right now. This is what's going on in my life right at this. What do I do here? I need to have the influence of heaven to understand what I should be doing. What move do I take? What words do I speak? How do I handle this relationship? How do I deal with conflict in a way that it doesn't end up so that everybody hates each other and it fragments and it causes friction? There are practical things to life. The whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is to take you and walk you into truth so that you become a living expression of heaven on earth. And that's practical. Oh, good grief. Um, Let me just do this. And it's, if you need to go, it's okay. Let me just do this. John. See, I didn't even read my scripture at the beginning. John chapter 3, verse 17. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say unto you, you must be born again. Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and he says, Teacher, I recognize you because of the things you're doing. He touches on two things. He touches, obviously, on the fact that Jesus spoke, and the words that Jesus spoke were kingdom words, and he had thought about it. He was a trained, he was a learned man. And he heard the things that Jesus said, and he was like, you must be a teacher, because there's depth to what you're presenting here, stuff that I I hadn't known before. But it wasn't just about teaching. He says, not only that, but I see the things that you do. I see the way that you live your life. Do you know what he was saying? He was saying, Jesus, you are peculiar. I recognize your peculiarity. You are unique. You are different to people. Why are you so different? And what does Jesus start to speak to him about? Not religion. Jesus says to him, you know what? You've got to get part of the kingdom. He starts to speak to him about, in essence, he's talking to him about, you know what? I'm in the earthly realm, but I'm living from the heavenly realm. And what he's saying is, if you want to become a person who is on earth, but of heaven, you have to enter that place. You have to get born again. You have to get born again. We get born again. Not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus has provided. It's important to understand that because one of the biggest arguments people use nowadays is if I'm a really good person and I work really hard and I I, I do good things, 
Surely I'm okay. What Jesus is saying is, you've missed the point. The point of it is, it's not about your works. It's about whether the presence is in you. What he's saying is, that's why your works become immaterial. It doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how successful you are. All of those things are immaterial. The question is, do you have the presence in your life? That's what he's saying to him. We get the presence by being born again. Born of the Spirit. He goes on and he says to him, Nicodemus says, I don't understand this. Talk to me. I'm thinking natural terms here. What is he doing? He was stuck in what he was made from and he was trying to get comprehension of how he was created. He was stuck in earth and God speaking to him about heaven. And God saying, well, let me give you clarity about what's going on here. So Nicodemus says to him, you know, how, how am I, can I enter into my, woman's, into my mother's womb? And Jesus says, that which is born of flesh is flesh. What's born of water, what's, what's, what's born of spirit is spirit. Unless one is born of the water and of the spirit. What is he saying? He's saying, understand this. He's going back to God's original design. Nicodemus didn't realize this, but what he's saying is, you're born of the water when you're born into earth. The way that you were made, it puts you into the environment called earth, a domain called earth. That puts you in there. So you've got to be born of the water, but you've got to be born of the spirit. What is he saying about being born of the spirit? He was saying is, what's missing from your life is that container on the inside where the life of God used to be is empty right now. And the only way that you can get that is through what Jesus has provided for us. The only way that we can get the life of God on the inside of us is by recognizing that Jesus said, you know what? Your sins have created an environment that is contaminated. I can't put the presence, the holy presence of God in your life. So the thing is, he paid the price. So that what could happen is, I could become a righteous person. I could be washed. I could be clean. All my sins could be taken care of. And when I was clean, what ended up happening is, the Holy Spirit said, fine, now I can move into that space. And when the Holy Spirit moved into that space, all of a sudden I find myself in a new place. Because once again, I have the life of God on the inside of me. And he's saying, the invitation is to once again discover what it is to synchronize heaven and earth. Your job as a born-again believer is to synchronize heaven and earth. As a born-again believer, your primary nature is not natural. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. It's important. I cannot underscore that enough. Because God says you to live from the inside out. Because our primary nature is spiritual, the thing about it is we are no longer conformists. Don't live to the world around about you. We are to live from that place where we allow the Holy Spirit to take the things of God and start to give definition to who I am and begin to touch and affect me and change me and to influence the way that I see life and my perspective on life and who I am and what I'm all about and what I'm capable of and what I should be doing. And understanding who I am will introduce me to what my purpose is in life and suddenly things will take on a whole new perspective and before I know it I'm going to be walking along and I'm going to be living my life and people are going to be looking at me and saying you are peculiar (laughs) you should be peculiar why because in me what God is looking for is the opportunity to once again synchronize heaven and earth 
I live in a reality where the rule and reign of Christ is to define my everyday life. I don't have the prerogative of doing what I want to do. I don't have the prerogative of living how I want to live. I do not have the prerogative of defining myself the way that I want to. I go to the author and I sit and say, I need for you to inform me. I need for you to give me direction. I need for you to open my eyes. I got this issue. I got this problem. I got this business challenge. I've got kids I'm trying to raise. I've got a wife that I'm trying to build a strong relationship with. I need all of these things. Show me what I do, how I do it, why I do it. Give me the big picture. Introduce me to truth so that every place that I go, I'm an agent of solid transformation. The Holy Spirit is everything. The Holy Spirit is everything. Outside of him, we don't have the understanding or the ability. Outside of him, we don't have the relationship and we don't have the power. When you get born again, it's when the life of God comes and takes up residence on the inside of us and reintroduces us to our original design. Beings who were made for the earth but who live from heaven who've unified the divide between the two and live from both spaces. Can we all please stand? Just before we close today, can you just please bow your heads a second? If you're out there and you do not have the life of God living on the inside of you and you need and you want to have the reassurance that God lives on the inside of you, I want you to raise your hand. If you're out there and you sit and say, you know what, I'm so tired of going through life and the challenges of life and the issues of life alone. I'd like to do it with God. And I want for him to come in and I want for him to invade my person and my world. I want you to raise your hand. If you're out there and you're just sitting saying, you know what, I I, I can't make sense of what's going on around me and I can't get definition. I don't know what's true or not. I can introduce you to the truth maker, the one who authored it and the one that can get you established on it. If you're out there and that's you and you would like somebody to pray for you, won't you just please raise your hand? What I'm going to do is leave it open and so at the end of the service, if you would like that, come down here and there'll be people who pray for you. Just before I pray, I want to extend an invitation. We believe in heaven invading earth. What that means in a practical sense is wherever you find yourself today, God is looking for a window and an opportunity to invade that space with his design, his purposes, and his power. He's going to give you direction. He's going to give you understanding. And he's going to bring about some changes in that space. At the end of the service, if you would like people to pray for you and agree with you, for the introduction of heaven into those spaces in your life. I'd like for you to come up so people can pray for you. Father, I just want to thank you for a peculiar people. 
I thank you for a peculiar people. I thank you that you love us so very much that through Jesus you created an opportunity for us to once again enjoy a relationship with you. I want to thank you that out of that space it creates the opportunity for us to gain an understanding and an appreciation for who you are and how much you love us. I want to thank you that that relationship begins to inform us and redefine us and bring us back to our original design and you, who you intentioned us to be. got some homework for you this week I want you to be intentional think about the word intentional when somebody looks for a response from you be intentional about it take a moment and say Holy Spirit what do I do here when you have to make some business decisions be intentional Don't just go ahead with what looks right. Take a moment and sit and say, Holy Spirit, I surrender the space right now to you. Open the eyes of my understanding and let me make an informed decision that's directed by you. Be intentional about how you handle situations. Conflict is not a bad thing. I shouldn't say that. Confrontation is not a bad thing. Conflict is bad. The thing is, when we handle it from God's perspective, you can handle it in a functional and in a way that comes out of love that brings about change and transformation without bringing about hurt and offense and fragmentation. Be intentional. The invitation that I want to extend to you today is for over the next week, build intentionality into your life and look for the Holy Spirit to have influence in that space. Have a wonderful week.